Welcome to Launch Your Wealth. I'm Jonah Lemons, podcast host, business growth strategist, real estate entrepreneur, and a mom of four sons and two daughters. My mission is to help launch 100 self-made success stories in 2021. Truly, I'm here to represent the minority stake as a woman entrepreneur through business ownership, financial education, and wealth empowerment. I am an underrepresented minority, a proud Canadian, bridging Canadian-American business, and surely paving the way in real estate, alternative investing, and syndication. Thank you so much for tuning in once again and for being a big part of the inspiration that goes into sharing this open conversation with my featured guests, no matter where you are in this world. Just so you know, we are making it across the globe. From USA, Canada, Germany, Norway, Australia, Russia, Israel, Italy, Singapore, Philippines, and India. This is all for you. It is time to launch your version of success. I am featuring women entrepreneurs who have started from ground and launched their wealth. They are representing grit, strength, and lessons learned along the way. It is my pleasure and honor to feature Alina Trugub who believes in financial education, investing for generational wealth, and the mindset growth in order to thrive as an entrepreneur today. Let's get this open conversation started now. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in at Launcher Wealth. I have a very, very special topic. And of course, my featured guest, Miss Alina Trigub. Hopefully, I am saying it so nicely. You but... are saying it perfectly. Tony. Thank <laughs> you for having case, me. But in any case, you look great. Love Thank the you. background. Samo Financial. Welcome to this platform, Alina. And, you know, let's, I know I want to dive into this whole mom parenting and talking about the young generation. But before we do that, please share with us, you know, what are you doing right now with real estate? And of course, you know, your day career and share with our audience, you know, what it's like to, to be a working mom, to be this entrepreneurial woman. Sure. Absolutely, Donna. Um, so, the entrepreneurial journey started for me roughly about three years ago. Uh, but before that, in addition to being an entrepreneur, I, I was also a W-2 employee for over 20 years. Um, and in that W-2 journey, I, I've done several things. I, uh, I worked as a tax accountant, then I went into and had a, a successful IT career for over 20 years. And then while doing that, um, I've realized that um, I also want to help my family to save on taxes because while we were progressing in our careers, my husband and I, um, our taxes were also increasing and I was always looking for a way to save on taxes and real estate kept coming up. And then finally, I decided to take action and um, started investing in real estate. So that was roughly about seven years ago. And while investing in real estate, um, I have done a lot of things and I, I've checked out different investment types. And the one that stuck with me was investing through syndications. And while I was doing that for several years, I saw the need in the market. I saw 
uh, the gap, if you will, where a lot of people around me, professionals, working parents, uh, doing the same thing as I do, you know, going back and forth uh, to work, uh, taking care of their kids, um, did not really know anything about this passive way of investing, uh, making money passively, diversifying into real estate and saving on taxes. And when I realized that gap, I, I, I thought I need to help these people. I need to bring this to market. I, I need to share what I've gone through and I need to help these people so they can build their wealth, diversify their portfolio and invest in real estate passively without any interruption to their day-to-day -day life. And that's how the idea of Sama Financial was born. Uh, I started that with the whole purpose of helping folks uh, to be able to have access to the real estate investments and uh, continue building wealth with really uh, a diversified portfolio where in addition to Wall Street, they have this uh, real estate thing and they can do it together so that's in a nutshell where, where... so what year was that when you started officially uh Seven so samo, samo started three years ago yeah it was so 2018 years ago yeah so you've you've literally been a a, a career oriented woman Absolutely. You know, so very career-oriented. Yeah, for many years, you know, I've gone through my undergrad, received undergrad in accounting, then went for my MBA in finance and was uh, pushing forward to continue building my career and uh, expanding future as a W-2 employee working for someone else. Um, and that sh focus shift has happened to me. Like I said, three, well, it happened much earlier and it didn't happen overnight it actually it's been happening gradually and mainly because uh, of my surrounding and I, I think uh, it, it's true about a lot of us um, I, I don't remember who said it but we are a reflection of five people around us um, and that definitely affected me because ever since I started investing in real estate seven years ago I've surrounded myself not only with a lot of real estate investors, but also with a lot of successful entrepreneurs of other kinds. And I, I, I just love hearing other people's stories. I hear about other people's challenges and obstacles and how they were able to overcome it and get through it. Because, you know, admit it, Johnny, you know it yourself. Entrepreneurial journey is not easy. It's no. very hard. <laughs> and there are obstacles on the way every single day. And, and so unless you have that, big why in your head unless you know why is it am i doing this what is for who am i doing this for you will not be able to get through it and you know and it's obviously it's easy to talk about it but it's it's a very very challenging journey so you have to have that grit and you have to have that why identified uh in your head or on your vision board whatever it is but you need to know why you're doing it why you're marching towards the purpose that you're marching for you know, really? just hearing your, your energy about this, you know, for those that are, you know, tuning in and maybe haven't had the face-to-face -face or had this conversation or engagement, let me just kind of take everybody back. See, Alina and I connected in the powerful platform of LinkedIn. And what I appreciated about Alina is that she truly engages, you know, the fact that she, her posts are so not just, you know, educational, I think it kind of triggers those questions of why. The questions of, you know, what is happening in our economy? What do we need to do to equip ourselves to understand that? So that's one thing. And, and you know, you noted a lot of things like being a working mom, being a career-oriented woman. Um, not only that, you have the experience of being a W-2 employee. So you understand that life, the lifestyle Absolutely. that it took 
to even be that and be an IT professional as well. So, you know, in, in, in other words, what I'm saying is it's so interesting to see a lot of females, you know, kind of go into this step, like you said, the entrepreneurial path. It's not easy. There's, it's not even a straight line. It's literally needing for you to have that grit, like you said, and, and surrounding yourself with other people that maybe are probably more driven than you, doesn't it feel like it energizes you? And so when you're engaging and actively going out there, networking and talking with other like-minded individuals and professionals, what happens is you start to see a lot more clarity on that why and what, what is it you really want to do. So I appreciated that about you and, and being able to connect with you, you know, on another level. Um, and, and so going to sort of on the next note, I'm curious. So having two kids and now you have a high school student. And of course, you know, we, we've seen posts where we talked about financial education. What are we doing? What do we believe in? Take us there. And I want to uncover, you know, as a, a mom to mom uh, fellow parent, you know, do we tell our children the reality of the world they're going into? Or do we say, you know what, get your college education, graduate high school, get your college education, explore your life. And so you see, I saw this post as well on, on, on Brian Briscoe's, um, one of his posts that talks about the discoveries. So do we literally say that to them, hoping that that's what we actually experienced when we were growing up in our time? So take us there, Lena, because I'm really curious on your perspective on this. Sure. Thank you, Jonah. And yeah, no, I com completely, completely understand and completely agree with you. Um, for the kids to be raised um, in this environment, I mean, it, I think it's very challenging because, um, admitted, when you and I were growing up, um, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have social media. I mean, God, we, we barely had computers. I think computers uh, appeared when I was in high school. It was in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, you know, without having that complete exposure that the kids have now, it was relatively easy to live our lives because, again, we knew what the teachers were saying. We were, we knew that we had to follow the orders. We had to follow and listen to teachers and everyone had kind of the same um, road ahead of them. You finish school, go to college, uh, get a degree, get a trade and start working. Now, with all this exposure and all these messages coming into you from left and right, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's creating a lot of pressure on the kids. And how, how do you, as a parent, help the kids to sift through all that noise and see what they need to see? I, I, I think it's extremely challenging. And um, I found it the hard way uh, because, you know, we, we become parents for the first time. There's always that first time if you have more than one kid. And uh, after a while, you, you realize that given that direct message to the kid, like everyone else, hey, you have to do this, this, and this. It just doesn't work. So you need to find other ways uh, to share your experiences and your journey with the kids um, without, number one, sound like you're pushing it on them, but number two, uh, without um, making it sound like it, it's required for them because granted, we're all human. So when we ask to do something, the first reaction is no. You know, and, it, and it's normal, it's natural. There's nothing wrong with that. So you really need to find a way 
to um, share your knowledge, share your experience with the kids uh, that will make them want to not only hear it, but also listen and digest some of it and take it for what it's worth. So I, I've experimented, I've tried different things. Um, one of the things that um, I've been doing with my son, for instance, he's a very visual guy. So um, some, some of the things uh, that like basic financial fundamentals I've explained to him myself and others, I found it a lot easier by just finding videos of the people that are either close to his age or his age that are explaining the same thing and, and making it fun. And what we do is we, we would listen to someone's videos and then go through it and, and talk about real life examples and laugh about it and make it into fun because they get enough schooling at school and granted it's yes. all virtual now, but it's still school. I, I don't need to bring another school on them, but I do want them to know something beyond the, the stuff that was given to school. And what triggered it for me really is um, uh, when my older one was, I think it was like middle school or maybe first year of high school. And I asked uh, what kind of financial literacy education do you have? And the answer was, well, we were taught how to use ATM machine. I'm like, really? Are you serious? You were taught how to use ATM machine? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> how in the world is that going to help our kids oh my goodness. graduating from high school with their financial literacy? So I just, I decided to take matter in, into my own hands and uh, by you know playing uh we, we bought cash flow 101 we started playing we started talking about things i found uh, online games that are simulating wall street trading Wh whatever you can do find fun games and just bring examples into life and i had another example it, it was literally a revelation a great revelation for me um at one point when i was still trying to push stuff on kids i found rich that poor that teenage version and I, I made both of my kids read that book. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't really talk much about it, but, you know, I figured they, they read it. So maybe something would sink in, but I, I didn't know how much. And after that, probably two or three years later, I was riding in a car with my son and one of my investors called and we, we had a conversation about 20 minutes long. And after we hung up, uh, my son, who was 12 at the time, he said, um, you were talking about assets. And I, I stared at him, I'm like, how do you even know that word? He said, mom, you made us read that purple book, remember? So, <laughs> that was such a great feeling. Right. I, I felt so great that at least some things did sink in from that book. And granted, maybe it's not 100%, but even if it's 10%, even that little, it still made me so happy that some of the fundamentals are going into their head. And this is without me pushing. This is because they read it and now they're able to apply it to the real world when they hear examples. And what can be better than learning from the real world experiences? It's, it's, it's the best thing that can happen. But I don't want my kids to uh, graduate from high school and uh, only know how to use ATM machine and like that would not be enough for sure and I, I mean like ATM machine mom yeah can you exactly. put some money in there I'm ready exactly. to, to go shopping exactly yeah how about wow. learning what's credit card what's bad debt what type of insurances are there uh how to budget 
uh, how to balance your income and expenses. I mean, again, the sky is the limit, but I think all of those fundamentals must be taught in school. I think it's essential. I don't know why it hasn't been put into uh, school's curriculum yet, but I think it's very, very important for the kids to learn early on how to build for their financial future and you know maybe even prepare them for the world of not just becoming w2 employees but open up the opportunities and entrepreneurs a pandemic happened this year a lot of people lost jobs including myself and that turned a lot of folks to towards entrepreneurship granted in my case i already had a company that i was growing but i know a lot of people that turned towards entrepreneurships for the mere reason because they couldn't find another job. So they decided to try something else themselves without being ready, without being prepared for it. I think that that should be a part of the education in, in our schools, high schools. Uh, kids need to learn what entrepreneurship is about, how to balance their books, what does it take to start a business, where to get a loan and stuff like that. Those bare fundamentals have to be taught in schools and it's not rocket science, but the earlier kids get it, the faster it's, it's gonna sink in into them. I was gonna say, gosh, you, you hit like 10 chords for me, 10 chords. At least I was like trying to count it in my head. So one is, you know, I love that encounter you had with your, your son, you know, the purple book, you hear yep. that in pretty much every podcast, you know, yep. they talk about rich dad, poor dad. I think they did the color purple for a reason right? Like it's kind of like a, a, not a marketing, it's like a visual thing for you I to remember. So. so it is yeah. working because, yeah. you know, it was the same with, very similar with my sons. They were like age six and age four. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really interesting when they came across that book, it kind of stuck with them. Um, well, they're 14 and, and turning 13. So it's a different language now. Um, yeah. The other core that hit me is, you know, when you talked about understanding the entrepreneurial world, like, you know, now that you are a W2 and you're transitioning amidst this pandemic, right, and, and losing a job, that's not an easy thing. You have to have that grit to say, okay, I'm okay that this happened, but how sure. do we look, you know, how do we look on the financial side? right? Our finances together is, is our ecosystem of home in order. I think that was a lot of what the, 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 the March, 2020, I think I would say, right. It really kind of, you know, unveiled a lot of those things. I remember having those conversations with two or three people, you know, about what are you doing April? What are you, what are you yeah. doing in May? Oh, well, I'm still in my W2, thankfully, right? Like, wow. Yeah. Okay, good. But then they started their businesses, right? or they were growing their portfolio. So they weren't as concerned, but those who weren't equipped to do that. I mean, you hit the court. It's like, what do we do with that? So now, okay. we're, you know, we're looking at it as, okay, well, you can either, you know, enter the world of business full-time and pivot around that, the word pivot, right? And then equipping ourselves with financial literacy, exposing ourselves to real estate investing, like you said, passively, right. making sure you understand how the tax system works so that you can optimize that as a benefit, whether you're a W2 1099 or a business. And now like, I'm just thinking, I had this conversation with my son probably in April and that's really what he's, he's heading to college. And it's been a really hot topic at home, understanding, you know, what the school systems are doing. And that ATM story, that, that really got me laughing. And I'm, I'm not here to, you know, to, to poke fun of anything, but I find it more funny because I've had these, a very similar encounter with my kids. You know, they thought money was given by mom and dad, <laughs> sure. right? So mom, I want something at Amazon. 
Right. Let me order it. Oh, we have Prime, mom. So you know what happened, Alina? They started ordering through my husband's account, through dad's account. And my husband would get a notification that an order went through. Oh my God. So we were like, we had to have a meeting with the kids. And we said, guys, this is not something you just press a button and the order comes in because it's Prime. So that was our experience a few months ago. And we had to really, you know, sit them down and explain to them that it's not that easy. It's not Mm -hmm. an instant gratification. So you know what we did to kind of go around that? We started exposing them to podcasts. Nice. Nice. We started giving them things to read. Totally not in order. So Mm -hmm. if I can share one tip, investopedia.com is a great resource. It's quite advanced. But I tell you, kids are like sponges. So if you show it to them, Mm -hmm. let them be curious. You don't need to to require it. Like you said, you can Mm -hmm. just expose them and say, these are the things I'm reading. These are the things I'm doing online. You know, these are the things that I'm listening to on the podcast. So one thing that came good out of that, Alina, on on Amazon is we did the whole uh, Kindle, the audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the next phase, which is, go on your podcast. You can tune in on whether it's learning from other people. So I did make recommendations. And and one of them, I said to them, please listen to my podcast because there's amazing guests. And guess what? They pretty much know all of the guests, most of the guests, because the early on guests, they were more like, you know, kind of not so much related to business and real estate. It was more Mm -hmm. like, you know, psychology and, and how, you know, the, the, the EQ part of of becoming an entrepreneur, but I want to, you know, I want to uncover with you, you know, when we talk about business and, and entrepreneurship, we both know that's not easy, right? We both know it's not perfect. It's not glamorous. There's steps, there's setbacks. Share with us some of the setbacks. Of course, you're no longer, um, you know, really dwelling in the W2 scenario. What have you done to shift and, and grow from that time that it happened and where you're headed? with your business and the entrepreneurial world. Yeah, yeah. And and I want to step back a little and, and tell the audience what I did. And again, take it for what it's worth. Doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. But yeah. I started building my emergency fund uh, when I first started working. And this was literally over 20 years ago. And the reason for this is very simple. You know, you have to prepare for the unexpected because no matter what, unexpected will happen it may happen today it may happen tomorrow or maybe 10 years from now but there will be a point where you don't want to work or you cannot work or you may not just you know or you just need to take a break for some time and because of that you have to have an emergency fund built up and under normal circumstances i tell people around three to six months is normal but under uh strenuous circumstances six to 12 months is the best if you have 12 months worth of emergency fund build up you're in a great condition especially if you know that you want to become entrepreneur at some point why because as an entrepreneur when you're building your business in a lot of cases you have to continue putting money into the business. And unless it's some sort of technology startup where you know you can uh, solicit angel investors and get some pre-seed or maybe seed money, if you're doing it, if if your business is not cool and hot and fancy, then you need to put your own money into it. And when when you're in the early stages, you have to continuously put 
money into the business to build it up. Why? Because as an entrepreneur nowadays, you need a website, um, you need to have thought leadership platform, which entails uh, building your visibility and your credibility. How you do it? You do it through social media, by sharing your knowledge, sharing through articles, through videos, through blogs, through podcast interviews, sharing the knowledge with your audience so that you can start attracting the right clients towards you so that people understand what you're saying, people resonate with what you're saying and, and people want your help because um, the best way to attract the audience is not to constantly sell, sell, sell. The best way to do it is by sharing your knowledge, letting people know what you know and sharing your journey and letting people come to you because you have something that they need and, and you can help them get, get the same thing. So that's what I found would be the best way to get through the entrepreneurial journey. And again, I, I know I said it before, but knowing your why and what it means is, as Simon Sinek said, that um, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. What is the reason behind it? Like for me, it's my family. Um, I came into this country as an immigrant with, with my mom with, without having anything in, in our backs. And my mom and I went, went to colleges at the same time because in her case, because she wanted to get American education. Um, I needed to get a degree in the first place. And we both were working multiple odd jobs just to survive. Um, and for me and my husband's the same way. He, he's also an immigrant, uh, both of us from former Soviet Union. For us, it's important uh, to for for our kids not to have the same challenges as, as we had, because our bringing influenced us in a way that we want to be able to build wealth so that our kids have a secure financial future, and they do whatever they want to do, and they don't choose professions based on what's available, based on what's needed to do, so so they can earn money. Like in my case. Um, I didn't know who I want to be, but I knew I was good with numbers and I knew that accountants were in demand. I just went to college for accounting because as an immigrant, I knew I would be earning good money and I would be able to pay for expenses. That, that was the mentality of the immigrant who came to the country and knew that he needed to get a job. You know, now uh, when uh, my kids, like, uh, like you mentioned, my, my daughter is senior in high school and she is going to be facing soon a decision of potentially going to college and deciding who she wants to be i don't want that decision to be based on on the needs i want that to be based on who and what she wants to be what she wants to do in life how she wants to help other people and what are the traits that she has that will make her successful i want her to take that and apply it to the real life same with my husband we both think uh, very similarly and for me that that why as i mentioned is my family so i want to create better future for my family and I want to leave legacy by myself but for me leaving legacy is not you know doing specific steps it's just being myself and making the contribution to the world that I, I think will impact the world and not everyone together but one person at a time and I start with my own kids because this is my future and after that I want to impact as many people as possible I want to share what I know so that other people don't repeat the same mistakes I made. And that's why I always say that start building your emergency fund from day one, uh, build your portfolio, invest in various things, invest in Wall Street, invest in real estate, invest in other alternatives, but start building the, those passive streams of income early on 
so that later on you you will not be regretting what you did that you started early and you utilize the power of compound interest you you build the best streams of income and so that at some point if you need to stop working if you want to stop working you can stop working early enough and you don't need to wait until you 68 or 69 whatever the retirement age is going to be at that point you can stop working whenever you want i mean everything you said i mean i know that it's a lot for someone maybe going gosh, I've never thought about going into entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm okay with my career. You know, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, you know, I work in IT. That's great. But we are now faced with this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we're and, facing the pandemic. And like you said, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Pivoting is essential. And, and maybe not at this point, but for some people it's essential because uh, also, we're getting older, and potentially the demand for what we do. Granted, if we're nurses and firefighters, the demand will always be there. But for some professions, the demand diminishes. Some jobs are uh, sent overseas, and some jobs are just turned into the automated machines. So some of the jobs will be completely eliminated. And in that case, I'd say to people, start thinking about how you can pivot early on and maybe take baby steps to try something while you're working. That's the best time. Like, I think I started at a great time. I was still working full time, had no plans to leave at that time. And I was building my company slowly. I think that's the best way to do it because why? Because you can try. If it doesn't work, just close your company, try something else. Not a big deal. So 100% right. It's so on point. I mean, the, the interesting thing is I want to do a recap because you mentioned really good stuff here, you know, on a strategic uh, perspective, you know, wanting to start your own business, starting slowly but surely so you can test run it. If it is going to make mistakes, if it, if it is going to launch and you're successful at it, you have to go back to your why. Why are you doing that? Because if you don't have enough whys, the tendency that I've seen in my own space, my own lane is that most entrepreneurs trying to launch and scale their business, they struggle with the why. So what happens is they commit to it for like a year or two years and they treat themselves like their hamster in a wheel. And they come to me and say, well, what am I missing? It's not about a website, but yes, having a website is part of the expense. Having, uh, you know, uh, your marketing plan, absolutely, because that's your bread and butter. If you're not marketing... How are you going to have client acquisitions or sales? Third, saving money while you can, because that's sort of your rainy day fund. Four to six months is ideal. However, what can we say to someone that's saying, well, you know, I don't plan to leave my career, but, you know, I am interested to, to put down X amount of dollars, get my website up, get my real estate investing started. Um, And, and what do I do? Is, is my money going to grow just doing that? I would say, no, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't mean you launched it. It's going to grow on its own. So you have to put in a lot of work. So with your expertise, Alina, or rather experience, is that what you see? Like they, mo- most people will say, well, you know, I invested in a few deals. You know what? I, I went out there, I'm in a syndication, but I'm also doing a fix and flip. Um, that's all I need. And I'm going to make extra money. And that's business for me. Is that something that you think it's to their standard and they, they should do whatever they think is, is their version? Or is there a way for us to say there's actually more to that and here's how you get about doing that? Sure, uh, John, I think uh, the answer is it depends. 
and I know it's probably not the answer many people want to hear, but it, it's it, it depends on a person' financial needs. It depends on where they want to take it. Uh, it depends whether they want to build wealth. It depends who they want to build it for. It depends on whether they have uh, enough nest egg to take them through their entire life. So uh, a lot of it, it, and it depends whether, you know, maybe they're expecting some sort of inheritance or not, and many other things, and whether they are active in their work or business, and how many other passive streams of income, if That's any, right. they have. So a, a lot of those things together will will help answer this question. And the answer will be different for every single per person. While some folks, and I know it's very popular these days, pe people um, are reading about FIRE and wanting to be part of FIRE, which is financially oh, independent, yes. retire early. Right. And a lot of folks join it at different stages in their life, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and even 70s. Um, and the, the point of FIRE is that you, you can accumulate enough wealth earlier in life and retire in your pre-retirement age, whatever that age is, it's different for every person. But some people just don't want to retire and it's fine. We, I'm not saying that everyone has to become an entrepreneur. But what I'm saying is, in addition to have an emergency fund, you need to have a backup plan. If your job is eliminated, do you have enough to survive? If your job is eliminated, what are you going to do next? What if you cannot find a job? What are you going to do next? So always, always plan ahead for your future. And it's great if you don't need to do anything, if you have enough to live for, for the rest of your life. But what if you don't? M many people don't. That's why I always say plan ahead. Uh, what people ask me, you know, uh, when do you update your resume? I, when I was doing it, I was updating my resume the, the minute I was hired for a new job. That very same day, on the first day of my new job, I was always updating my resume. That's rule number one. That's like looking ahead, looking into your future. Whatever you think may happen or will happen or look at your surrounding. And you know, if you don't know what's gonna happen, you, you brought a good example if you're a nurse. If you're a nurse, look what happens with the nurses that are older. What are they doing? Um, are, are they going into other careers? Are they staying at their jobs until retirement? And they retire. Are they, mm -hmm. Right. Are they, they retired? Do they start their own businesses? Look at what other people do and see which experience resonates with you the most. Think of it as your potential future and build towards that. But start early. Again, think of it as, as the compounding in interest effect, which entails basically the earlier you start investing, the more of that compound interest you generate. The same here. Whatever you want to do in life, to multiply that effect, you need to start early. The earlier you start, the more you will be able to accumulate. And not only financially, but even education-wise. Yes. The more books you read, uh, the more fr friends you have of the type that you want to surround your, yourself with, the better you will become because you're always a reflection of the people around you. So whatever you want to do, think ahead and plan for it ahead and take baby steps toward that future. I'm sure you're going to get there in no time. I think the whole you know idea of like, oh, I want to retire at a certain age. You know, like you said, you could be a nurse, a teacher, a firefighter, an IT professional, you could be, you know, somebody that's just basically working, you know, your regular nine to five. Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle I've seen most people do getting into the financial education, and it doesn't matter what age, you could be in your 20s, you could be in your 40s, is really the mindset. Something yeah. has to drive them 
that's bigger than that. Like it's deeper, right? Because I've seen enough people where they question, like, well, why do I need to passively invest? Well, you know, why, you know, how do I start the real estate, uh, you know, portfolio that I was telling you about? And it's like, you're trying to go and, and, and kind of uncover that for them. And it's like, no, that's not going to work. They have to uncover that for them. They have yeah. to be willing to actually submit to the mindset growth, I think. Yeah, yeah. M- mindset is is like completely uh, or separate mindful. story. <laughs> Being yeah, mindful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's a separate story of its own. But that to my earlier point where I said, um, you know, things haven't changed for me overnight. It takes a while for the mindset uh, for your own mindset to change. And it takes, again, a lot of education, reading books, listening to podcasts and talking to like-minded individuals. And surrounding yourself, right. Right. And if you want to change your mindset, you will. But again, it's not going to happen overnight. It will take, in some cases, months, in some cases, maybe years. Yes. But if if you are open to changing your mindset, it will change. But if you're not open, if you keep that door closed, it, it's never going to change for you. And for, for folks that are interested in that, I, I always recommend starting with such books as maybe Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod or um, Tony Robbins, um, yes. what is it? Uh, Un- Uncover Unleash. Your Giant. Unleash, oh. your, unleash, unleash Your Power. power. Or yeah. uh, uh, in, in Knowledge is Power. Yeah, I, yeah no, something about giant within, I think it's uncover your giant within or something to that extent. Yeah, his, his books are incredible. I highly, highly recommend it. And what's great about Amazon is once you start uh, buying one book of a type, they'll recommend you a million of others of the same type. It, the important thing is to start, to start reading, to start educating yourself, listening to other people that achieved what you want to achieve. And I'm sure it will help you get on the road to changing your mindset of that. You know, the the main thing is to take action. Yeah, I was going to say, right, like you can have all the books, but if you're not taking action, and I really agree with the fact that we do need to surround ourselves with somebody that is probably doing what we see ourselves doing, because it kind of gives us that motivation, like, ah, like she's doing that, or he's doing that. And I'm finding myself like that, like, I'm just admiring everybody that I'm meeting, because I kind of see a little bit of myself in that, or that's what I thought about. So I think, you know, my best take on this is, you know, I, I don't know if you've come across this in your business, whether it's in the real estate side or through Samo Financial or in your IT profession, or even as a, as a tax professional. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of business owners and I talk to a lot of people launching, you know, their ideas and their platforms. And the interesting ob- observation that I've, you know, literally uh, pinpoint, pinpointed is that they never believe that going through a professional service is enough. Like they feel like, nah, I don't really need to talk to a tax accountant, not for something so small. Uh, I don't really need to talk to a business advisor. No, do I really need a mentor? Do I really need a coach? I would say, I don't know, but Alina, for me, I would say as I got over probably my late thirties, the more I saw the value in really going through a professional service, uh, a mentoring program, or even working with an actual coaching. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, whether it's real estate or entrepreneurship, I really believe it ties in together. So that's why I call myself as a real estate entrepreneur, because I've always felt like that's my spirit. So it's about growing that spirit, the why, right? The the purpose. So what's your take on that? 
Jonah, I tend to completely agree with you. I think early on, I didn't see the value, uh, but as I was getting older and more experienced myself, I saw the value of paying a specific professional, whether it was an attorney or accountant or someone else. Uh, you can think of it as by going to a doctor. Um, if you go to a doctor and you have an earache and the doctor is not an ENT, then how is the doctor gonna help you? It's not his specialty. The same here, if someone is concentrating specifically on real estate tax accounting, well, guess what? That's the person that you wanna tap into for your real estate tax accounting questions. But if you have legal questions, then you go to an attorney. You're not going to the same tax advisor because it's just not their specialty. So I strongly, strongly encourage people to go to a specific professionals for their specialty, because not only because that's what they're trained on, but because they're also going through this experience and have the track record in it for many years. And they, they will be able to bring it to you and help you with whatever you're trying to achieve. I, I completely agree with you on that. I think, I think I'm seeing the value more on a, um, uh, how do you say it? Not so much of that's what they're going to give me as a blueprint. Cause I really believe the blueprint starts with you. You yeah. have to know your vision. You have to know what is your plan. And then what you do is you take that plan and start getting that confirmation from these professionals, from, from a consultant, from whoever you need to, to talk to tax accountant, an attorney, a business advisor. I think it's so undervalued in that sense. So I would say for someone that is entering this business, whether it's business, like you're setting up your company and your operations and you're doing a product and services focused, you know, uh, space mm -hmm. or going into real estate passively, or if you want to do your first fix and flip, or you want to work with syndicators and sponsors, I really believe you have to initially invest, you know, Absolutely. in those tools, in the advice so that you can be better at it. Not so much of, to avoid mistakes. Tell me what you think. I think a lot of people are so afraid of mistakes or they think they go to those services for that. I would tell you right now on this podcast, there is no amount of money to avoid mistakes. Right. Mistakes are meant to happen so you can learn from it. It can give you confidence that you can do it, but those mistakes will exist. I mean, if you're making your first deal happen right now, uh, if you're releasing 50K on a private placement right now, you will feel nervous. You will feel yeah. like you need all of that plan to look a certain way. And my best take on that is it's not going to be that. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, experience. I think it's really going out there and finding the right tools, the right people, the right professionals that you're going to align with. So what's your take on that, Alina? Because that's what I'm seeing now since I went to my niche of real estate. So backstory, I went back to real estate to started in 2003, picked mm -hmm. up the pieces during the financial crash of 2007 and eight, mm -hmm. ended up launching. My husband is my business partner. We launched our small tech consulting business, ran for many, many years, did well, great, got over it. 2017, nice. boom. I was like, I'm interested to go back into my real estate niche. So here I am. It's scary, right? It's scary because you're shelling money out. And we're not even talking about what you need now to even be this, this business, the marketing, mm -hmm. the website. I mean, all of those things that you're running as part of your overhead costs, it can be scary. So what's Absolutely. your take on that? 
Yeah, so I, I think it's important to invest in your education and in your mentors. But what you're going to get from your mentors is, like you said, that support. Um, and they will potentially help you to avoid some mistakes that most likely they've gone through themselves and maybe some of their students have gone to. But uh, like you said, uh, there is still 100% that you will go through your own mistakes. And it, that's how we learn best. We learn from our own mistakes and hopefully you will not repeat the mistakes that your coach or your mentor have shared with you. But everyone makes mistakes and that, that includes, you know, both of us on this call. In terms of, um, Jonah, what you mentioned um, about investment, every business needs an investment upfront. So without okay. that investment, the business is not going to run. And whether it's just a website or maybe a number of professionals that you need to hire to help you with certain things that set up, but you're looking at that investment as something that's going to help you build the company of your dreams. So think of it as the investment in your future and not an expense because that's that's what it is. You're investing in your future, you're building a company. And again, we're coming back to the same point why are you building this company? You That's need right. to know your why to really focus on your company and to be able to get through all the challenges that will be on your way. Uh, your, your why will help you to get through that and your why will help you make sure you're moving forward no matter what. Very, very and, important. And, and, you know, to, to my surprise, I, you know, I did not expect, I mean, I knew this, but I didn't expect that you were really like, I mean, you're just pressing on this why, you know, the, I could see it in big letters, W-H-Y, why are you doing it? And, and it's, you know, it's, it's really amazing to see because I don't know, I look to you and at you as a self-made, you know, woman entrepreneur, right? I look at you as a self-made because things weren't handed to you. You know, you mentioned being an immigrant and, and your husband is also an immigrant, which means right. when you came to North America or to America, that you saw an opportunity to be the best version that you can be, especially now being a mom, being a parent, and you're raising, you know, a teenager or rather going to college uh, age group, and you have a young son that probably in your why, this is, this is what I'm guessing, tell me if I'm right or wrong, and I'm guessing that why has to do with what can I do to give it to them in a way that it's not money, it's teaching them how to fish, not giving them the fish, directly. And we hear this, it, we hear this quote all the time. So to me, what I see valuable as a mom and as a parent, and as a woman entrepreneur, being self-made is we did go through a lot of mistakes. And our parents weren't there to tell us, right, you do this, you do that. We had okay. to go through that journey. And yeah. that mindset growth, we hear it all the time. But what does it really mean? And I like the fact that you're saying, why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to start that? Why do you want to build that? Why are you investing in that? Why, why, why? And mm -hmm. I think we can never ask enough whys, right? Because, right, it's almost like a therapy with yourself. Like, right. why am I doing this? Am I really interested? Does this excite me? Does this keep me on my toes? So how is that in, in the real estate game or in the real estate investing? Because when we talk about real estate, it does sound boring, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, you're talking about numbers, you're talking about specs of the property, you're talking, it sounds boring to somebody that could be 18 years old and going, I don't know if I'm really interested in it. Or when you're talking about 
finance related stuff like taxes, how to file your taxes, what is cost segregation on an apartment building, <laughs> you know, what, what is a K-1, what is, you know, a 1099, like when you're teaching somebody that's maybe new to this, they're like, oh my God, overload of information. Take us there and give us your best take on it and lead our audience to maybe do some research if they're just diving into the topic of real estate, multifamily, and passive investing. Yeah. You know, thank you, Jonah. It's an excellent question. And I've tried to do it through a regular dry old fashioned education. It just didn't work. It failed miserably time and time again. And what I found to be the best way, at least with my family is uh, we, we like board games. And uh, in the past we played from time to time, uh, but the pandemic, you know, forced us together to be for much longer. And we became accustomed into playing uh, every weekend. Um, and while in the past we played different games, including Monopoly, and I found that great, um, uh, a lot of people had recommended Cashflow 101. So we finally got it for my son's birthday and started playing. And it was such an incredible eye opener without me telling anyone what real estate is. Um, the game teaches people playing the game what real estate investing is really about. Now you're able to understand, hey, with all this money, I can now buy this property. And sometimes it even appreciates in value and I can take that value, uh, sell it and then buy something bigger and without telling someone what 1031 exchanges, because what, guess what? They don't even need to know that. They are doing that. They are exchanging money from one property into another and delaying taxes. And learning all this real estate game experience through fun, through actually playing and enjoying it. And I, I highly, highly recommend it to anyone who not only wants to learn what real estate is about, but who wants to learn what entrepreneurship is about and uh, accounting 101, really. I mean, I think it's the, the most fun way to learn accounting without looking at the books. And believe me, I've seen a lot of boring ways to learn accounting uh, from my years in college. So <laughs> right. I, think, I think Cashflow 101. Debit I credit. <laughs> debit yeah, yeah, credit. Yeah, debit credit, exactly. Um, I, 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 don't, I haven't seen Cashflow 202, but Cashflow 101 is absolutely phenomenal. You can spend hours on it and it will look different to you. You know why? Because number one, you're playing with different people. Number two, you're playing completely different game and you don't know how the game is gonna go. It's, it's different cards, different lay of the land every time. So it's absolutely phenomenal fun. And it helps you to get to know people. You don't only need, you, you actually can play this game virtually with anyone. So it doesn't have to be face-to-face, -face, which makes it even more amazing. So I highly, highly recommend to people that wanna learn um, real estate, they wanna learn accounting, uh, investing fundamentals to get Cashflow 101 and start playing. And if they wanna learn further about whether it's bulk building or real estate, you know, there's tons of education there. Like for instance, I post a ton of articles specifically on real estate and wealth building. There are a lot of other great articles, books, podcasts that they can read and learn from if they want to learn how to build their wealth, how to start investing and how to diversify their portfolio. But the more they learn, the better uh, they become at it and the more accumulates in their head and they can start applying it to the real life. What are their best questions or what, sorry, not, let me rephrase. What are the best questions to ask 
if you know you kind of know a little bit about all of this stuff and you're like okay now I'm, I'm ready to to invest should i be an active investor get my fir first you know fix and flip you know the usual introduction on real estate sure. um, or you know how do we encourage somebody to look at a private placement and, and passively you know get started so that at least in the next few years instead of their money sitting you know in a dead ira and i'm not saying that in a negative way it is dead because it's not going to have that much return while it's yep. sitting there. Um, and, and, and I really don't know the depth of tax benefit uh, doing that. But what I do know is if you do have 50K to 100K sitting around and you decide, hey, I need to get my feet in the door, share with us some of those best questions that they can ask, you know, uh, an actual, uh, you know, opportunity so that they can well equip themselves with knowledge before they get it, they get started. Last question on this would be, you know, whether you're active or passive, uh, passively going in real estate, you know, you have to understand why you want to go into real estate, because to me, I just find it boring. But what I don't find boring is the dynamics of the wealth empowerment, the wealth sure. building part. So take us there, Alina, because I'm so excited about what you're doing with Samo Financial. And just knowing you, I was able to get to know you for a few months. And, you know, I'm so looking forward to, you know, potential collaborations and many more that we can do, um, you know, take us there and, and really shed light on this. Yeah, you know, these are all excellent, excellent questions. And uh, what I typically do, I share with people what I learned from my own experiences. And in this case, um, I can tell you when I started my real estate investing journey seven years ago, I was struggling. I was struggling to answer the same very questions that you said. Should I be a flipper? Should I buy and hold? Should I look at notes? I, you know, everything looked great. Everything looked amazing. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, I dabbled a little bit into a lot of things. Not, not everything, of course. You can double into everything. But I dabbled in a lot of things until I finally decided for myself that I wanted to be a long-term buy and hold multifamily investor, or at least that's what I wanted to start with at the moment. And because I know the struggles that people go through and the challenges that they go through to get that, um, I was able to put together uh, a mini course, which I put on Udemy. And that course does exactly that. It helps people to determine what type of real estate investing niche to choose for themselves. And, you know, without going into the complete details of the course, um, I can tell you that some of the things that people need to look at is our favorite reason why. Why do you want to do The why. Mm -hmm. The why, exactly. Another one, as you said, you want to be active or passive. It's very, very critical. And again, without going into details, you, you need to determine how much time do you have and how much bandwidth do you have? And, and it's not the same thing, but there is an overlap. So number one is how much time you have. And number two, how much of that time are you willing to actually put? So where is that overlap? You know, is it one hour, five hours, or, or 25 hours that you can put into that? Because believe it or not, if you want to be active real estate investor, it's a business. So you're becoming a business owner and you would have to be very active in it. So it requires a lot of time, a lot of commitment and a lot of sweat equity. So keep that in mind. Oh, you just said my key word. I literally talked about this whole sweat equity, how it's so undervalued. It's critical. That will be a that will be a whole new topic. I tell you, yep. it's yeah. so true. You really pointed that out. Like if you're gonna go into this actively, you better know you better be ready to roll up your sleeves. Yep. 
Yeah. And then in terms of identifying your niche, once you know whether you want to be active or passive, there are different niches within each of the categories. So once you identify which one it is, I, I help you answer a bunch of questions in that training that would help you to narrow your focus. Uh, again, the training is not to tell you that, you know, hey, once you finish the training, you'll know you, that you need to become a flipper. No, but the training will help you narrow your focus to identify that real estate investing niche based on your availability, based on your mindset, based on your reason why, of course, and based on a personality traits and based on your experiences that you had so far and, and based on your abilities and um, experiences that you can now take and apply to real estate and become um, a good real estate investor down the road. So by taking all of it together um, and applying it together and putting it together into one pile, you'll be able to determine what, what kind of investing you want to do and how you want to build your wealth. So becoming a real estate investor is really becoming a real estate entrepreneur, because like you said, if you're, you're going to, yeah. right, like if you're going to go in there, you're not going to go in there just to do it for a short time. Right. It's a commitment. Right. You have to accept the risks, right? Yeah. That's it, you're a business owner. Yeah. You're yeah. You have owner. to put a lot of time into this. Well, just Unless... like being a passive. Right, because passive is again passive requires a lot less commitment. And let's say you want to start investing in syndications. There is a, a a lot of time that you need to put up front because you need to learn what syndication is about, what type of assets you want to invest, what type of markets you investing, uh, what uh, you know, what kind of operator you want to invest with, and what the operator offers. So the upfront investment of time uh, may be significant, but after that. Once you're accustomed to all of those pieces, once you know how to read executive summary, it takes a few hours. Once you get an executive summary, you read, you determine whether this is for you or not, you invest and your work is done. And the return can literally become exponential for you because, because of that time. Let's say you spend 15 hours, but that investment is going to be for five to 10 years. So if you take that 15 hours you stand, spend up front and divide it over the time that this investment is going to last, you'll see that the return is exponential, especially especially at the point where the investment has some sort of return of capital back to you. Maybe they went through the cash out refinance event and you get half of your capital back. Well, guess what? Now you only have half of the capital in this investment and it's still fully working for you without you lifting a finger how incredible is that i mean where else you're going to find that wall street is not going to give you that wall street is not even going to offer you tax benefits wall street is going to in fact tax you Takes at you, your ordinary right. income rate That's you know right. you'll pay you know those 30 you 35 15 percent you have to pay 15 percent irregardless yeah. right yeah on yeah. top not, of that so not in real no estate other, yeah, yeah not yeah. in real estate you can definitely create uh creative ways that are legal legal right. creative ways Abs ab only legal only legal yeah, yeah only legal we only talk about legal things <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we only absolutely. talk about legal business but you know you really pointed out a lot of things um that i appreciate and now i'm gonna have to to talk to you some more about this because i like the fact that you know your udemy uh, program or course um will enable someone to really look at their own outline you know their why their vision for what they want to do and, and I really believe being a passive investor and active investors, there's no right or wrong. It's really sort of the lifestyle you want to lead. 
Um, and so, you know, if you're already, you know, successful and, and you're creating a lot of um, revenue and income, whether it's in your profession or business, I really believe being able to look at real estate as a way to defer, you know, those tax benefits are so important um, to be optimized. And that was the reason why taxes were created, right? It was yeah. created for a purpose. And that purpose is for you to have the independence and the freedom to decide what you use with that benefit. And most of us that are new and maybe kind of, you know, was used to the whole W-2 or, you know, what I would call it in, in Canada as a T-4, we're just used to kind of paying that tax, right? Like we're thinking, oh, you know, everything is legal. I don't want to have to owe anything. But I just encourage everyone that hasn't looked into this to really, you know, either look at it and say, I'm working with my vision, or you can seek for professional consulting, such as what Alina does. And, you know, for anything that's business related, I think working with a business advisor working with an attorney that's going to specialize in what you're interested in. I really believe it's worth spending that dollars, those dollars rather, to really get that sound uh, advice and insight. And of course, podcasts. Podcasts have been a very empowering experience for me for the past seven months. Um, let us know which ones you listen to, Ad um, Alina, uh, you know, lately. Do you listen to the people that's in, in our circle, in our network? Um, is there a specific one? I mean, I listened to Ken McElroy, you know, uh, rich dad, poor dad. I love listen, that. I definitely listen to Brian Briscoe's. I love his po sure. podcast, yeah, the diary of an apartment investor. I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, Jerome Myers, I think I love the, I love his turn, like twists and turns on, on coaching and mentoring. It's a lot more holistic and, and really, you know, diving deep into that. Um, what I did remember is I saw you on Rod Cleef's uh, yep. podcast. So, you know, Rod Cleef, he's all about mindset, the mindset yep. growth. I love that. So yeah, I, I love, love it. That. Right. So he share is. some of the tips with books, podcasts that you want everybody to, to kind of take a look at and, and where they can find you on social media aside from LinkedIn. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, John, you mentioned a lot of great podcasts uh, and among them, I would also uh, encourage listeners to listen to launch your wealth podcast yes, i think thank it's you. <laughs> one of the phenomenal ones that people definitely need to listen to it's about uh, entrepreneurship so we yeah, can do that thank you for, for thank sure you. for sure that's that's very very critical in terms of the books i always tell people to read the richest man in babylon it was written by george clayson over 100 years ago and uh, what's ironic is even though the book is over 100 years old the the topics and the fundamentals have not changed it's yes. still very true today you gotta pay yourself first yeah and that's what this book is teaching obviously purple book like like you mentioned yes it's, it's a Robert bible Kiyosaki for many, talks about yes yep, yeah it's a bible for many real estate investors that's important ken mcelroy has written a ton of great books that are also good but outside of that real estate investing world I think what's important is to read the mindset type of books. Like I mentioned, Hal Elrod written Miracle Morning. I think it's a great book to read. Tony Robbins had written a lot about that. Um, I, one of the books that was written by uh, Mel Robbins is good. I think it's called Five Second Rule is also great. Oh, with, yes. For yes. people that procrastinate, I think yes. it's a phenomenal book. You will learn how Five Second Rule works. And uh, I, she, she is, um, you know, uh, a great comedian. There's a lot of 
comedy and irony in that book. So I, I definitely recommend, you know, if someone wants something that's entertaining, yet very, very educational, then I think Five Second Rule book is, is also great. And the, the podcast that you mentioned, I also like a lot. Um, Hal Elrod has a great podcast. Um, and what I really tell people, you know, you don't need, if let's say you want to be a real estate investor, you don't need to listen to real estate podcasts only. Listen to other podcasts, listen to entrepreneurial podcasts, marketing podcasts, mindset podcasts. Why? Because you will gain some knowledge from each of them. And that knowledge will help you with whatever journey you're going through, and no matter what you do. And if not help, then you will definitely meet and hear some amazing people that you would want to meet because you, you wouldn't be able to meet them otherwise if you only concentrate on one particular um, industry or top. So That's definitely right. listen to other topics, listen to other people and educate yourself uh, all, all around. I think, I think even in, you know, being in the real estate space, you're right. I mean, you really have to kind of bring different flavors and really learn from the outside of that. Absolutely. Very, because very if not, then you're not going to really uh, reach that growth peak, right? As an investor, as a business owner, as a professional, uh, you know, yeah. I really believe in that. Um, those books that you mentioned, I have yet to read them. I've queued up four books. I actually look this way because I have it right on my desk. Um, you know, you know, I, I started reading Flip the Script. Mm-hmm. So Warren Claff, um, okay. you can actually go on YouTube. He's pretty intense on it. Um, and it's great for anybody that's in the sales profession, mm-hmm. anybody that wants to understand, you know, how to not pitch mm-hmm. and really uncover the psychology of what we need to be doing when we're talking to potential investor relationship or clients. Yeah. I think it's really important to, to really understand that. Um, but other than that, I mean, where can they find you, Alina? I know you're very active on LinkedIn and check out your Udemy uh, program. What is that called? Uh, so the Udemy course is called How How to Select uh, the Best Real Estate Investing Niche for Yourself. I can send you the okay, link. Okay, love it, love it. We will, yeah, we will feature that for sure. Because I Thank think you. that's what I'm missing here, right? Yes. I, I deal with a lot of newly transitioned you know, professionals going into business uh, on their own. So that would be really great. I, I then, think it will help them a lot. And then on my website, Sama Financial, and as you mentioned, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, so it's really easy to, to find me. Or they can just Google my name. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The, the power of Google. Well, I've had exactly. a pleasure and I could seriously keep talking, Alina. Like it's my I pleasure. Could, I could go on and on. But I appreciate you joining me and I look forward to having you come on on the next one because, you know, we've got 2021 coming up and uh, I definitely want to feature more, um, not just topics on real estate, but entrepreneurship and creating that self-made mentality. I think that is definitely the most important part as we embark on this journey and 2020 is nearing 2021. We look forward to that. So Um, We will see you guys on the next episode. And there you have it. Alina is an all-star woman entrepreneur, managing partner and founder of Samo Financial, focusing on private equity and commercial real estate. I am so happy to have her join the movement of empowering women entrepreneurs and investors through passive investing. You can find us actively engaging on LinkedIn, and we also host our own meetups. 
Join me at Launch Your Wealth Inner Circle every Thursday. Send an email to Jonah at LauncherWealth.com to receive an invitation. You can join Alina at the Power of Passive Investing Meetup. Send an email to Alina at SamaFinancial.com to connect with her. Until the next episode, I will see you on the inside.